0: Episode 38, featuring Be Rich. Let's go in. Height Zone world, we're back. I guess this week is my good friend and bandmate, Be Rich. We're still on this Wraparound Robin tour. It's going very well. Um coming up this week we have Ottawa, Dover, New Hampshire, Portland, Maine, Providence, Rhode Island, Boston, and Manchester, New Hampshire. So check out WraparoundRobin.com for these details and these dates. Uh I think there's a real tight episode. Mike Riley really outdid himself with this cover art in, in my opinion. This episode is hosted by spliceToday.com and check out Mike Riley's artwork at MikeRileyComics.com. Let's, Let's, Let's go.: I grew
1: up in uh, Amworth, Ontario, about 45 minutes north of where we currently are, Kingston, Ontario. A super small town, like probably like 500 people. At, at the time, I uh, lived like in the Middle of nowhere, like middle of a hundred acres on an old, not like pigs and chickens kind of farm, but like farmland. Lots of lots of room to roam around and get up to no good as a kid. How
0: did your parents get down with these
1: jobs? They were like on some like back to the land hippie kind of yeah kind of style. They grew up in Toronto when they were. Uh, They moved out they randomly just sort of like found the spot out in the country when they were pretty young like in their 20s yeah moved out like on the like back to the lander kind of thing um didn't really know anything about living in the country bought an old farmhouse fixed it up um pretty sure that like they were growing this weed yeah like for like a good minute yeah and and eventually like my dad fell into carpentry and things like that Mm legitimize the game eventually but let's go I, I know the weed hustle was was real <laughs> did you, and you, did you find out about that like much later
0: yeah like in my teens I think Yeah,
1: I like um, kind of opened the door to that like talking to my parents when I first got into like smoking this weed like in high school that we were always pretty open about everything and I was just kind of like mom dad like I smoke weed now and they were like, that's what's up. So do we. Yeah, it just sort of came out over like the, you know, the next couple was like, yeah, we still like grow tons of weed.
0: When I talk to you, it seems like a big thing is like meeting this Pete for the first time.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Pete, J.K., Captain Footbags. Um, I guess I was like into, I was into music before I met him like in public school, although we did meet like early, early on. In, like, I guess you guys call it middle school, right? Yeah, what do you call it? It was always just like public school or elementary school. It was like public school.
0: But it's all public school.
1: school. That's true. But we didn't have, there was no middle Mm. thing for us. I mean, maybe some parts of the country, like in the city, but yeah, I've always heard you guys talk about it as middle school. (laughs) Did I miss like a a whole (laughs) chunk of school? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I met Pete, like, we went to separate. Public schools, like this, be like grade three, grade four, and we were, we were in one of those like programs where it's like, the like smart kids or whatever get to like go do fun shit for a couple days. Yes. So we like, we ended up on the same bus, and it was just like me and him and one other dude, um, on the on the bus, and like the weird dude from the other school. But then we all realized that we were rocking these like like rap cassette tapes in our Walkman's I mm. mean I think the ones in like heavy rotation at the time were like I think I had the the Mama said knock you out Let's LL go. Cool J tape and uh, Pete was really into Public Enemy PC Boys uh, rap tracks too which I had like the one really the one I remember the most off of that was uh, I think it had DOS effects on it. That was a comp, rap tracks too. Yeah. That's tight. But yeah, so we met then and then later in high school, we started going to the same high school. We kind of like reacquainted ourselves and uh, got into the music. Like, was it this school just for like kids in this town of like 500? So it was, it was a bigger high school, I guess. It was about 1,500 kids, but it was fed from all these like small ass towns. Yeah. From, like a you know, fifty kilometer radius radius. It was a high school that was like largely populated by these like kind of redneck types and jocks mostly. So we were like naturally ran into each other pretty quick and the yeah. like kinda like weed smoking music community. And did you guys grow up like thinking of Kingston as like the city? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would have been till like later high school when everybody got their own wheels and stuff. And then it was like Toronto was the spot. Yeah. Check out these concerts and stuff. But yeah, the first like first proper shows and concerts I went to were in Kingston. Mm. Like, they used to do, used to do more. I guess there's a few now, but they used to do like the big outdoor like rock festivals. Mm. I think actually Moxie Fruvis was one of the like headliners at one of these original spots that I went to. Mm. In light of recent events, yeah, moxie fruvis, sit the fuck S- down. Sit the fuck down. Can't see it. And like, how did you guys start making music together? I guess we'd all like by that point we'd all sort of independently been learning instruments and stuff, like in public school, grade seven, grade eight. Me and some homies were like picking up the guitar, and that was like it's right around the Nirvana grunge era. Yeah, we were jamming on that kind of stuff. And then um I think I was away for like a winter. I was down in Florida with my family. And I came back in like grade I think it was like grade nine and Pete and these like three or four other dudes had started this band while I was gone. They were like, Oh yeah, we started the band I'm like, uh you're you're the singer now. I was like, <laughs> I was like That's what's up. Um playing these like like some like metal tunes and like punk and rock mm. um these covers yeah yeah i used to cover some like it was kind of like a wild set list like they said this the covers range from like six feet under to like to like pearl jam like songs from vitology or something like mm. that to the spider-man theme song ramon's version um and then some originals too. Like it was probably 50-50. We like wrote tunes and busted those out too. Mm. Like that was the first version of this, like "Slaves of Spanky." Essentially, mm. So that would have been like '96, I think, was the first show. And that was actually the first like bit of rap that I actually had written some like goofy little rap songs as a kid. But we did, we had like one sort of rap song that we like played at a show. And it really went over well. Mm. And so that was kinda like Hmm. Yeah, I guess like we played the one song at a show and it went over really well. And then like shortly thereafter the dude that was drumming for us just like buggered off Mm. and like joined some other band. And we were gonna find another drummer and then like just like wasn't like he was like a really good drummer too, like super like heavy metal, like technical dude and there was just no other legit options and and Pete had recently uh, traded a dude uh, like 2 grams of weed for like this Yamaha DD10 drum machine mm. so we were like that's the look just like just take it to drum machine and we wrote some songs on that and then we also realized that how much tighter it was to like like not have to carry around amps and guitars and yeah. drums and like you just <laughs> run around with a microphone and, and have fun well that's interesting.
0: Like in my experience, I feel like I feel like that switch came maybe like, like a couple years later. It's weird to think about you doing that like even earlier into like the nineties in
1: like rural Ontario. Referral Ontario. Yeah, it was like there was definitely there was I think there was one other like rap act in Kingston that I didn't really know. Pete was. More hip to what they were doing you know, there's this band called deuce you mm. should really look it up and like go in again but um yeah there's them and then there was like a an industrial kind of like like i guess it would be industrial they're like like keyboard beats and a lot of synthy stuff and like they, they were always big on like putting on a big show like they had like they like rented like laser lights and a fog machine and like head costumes yeah. this band sister sweet cheeks they were like that was actually a big inspiration to me when I was like 15 I'd been doing the like band thing and then seeing these guys that had like like they didn't have they had a guitar player but like no drummer and they weren't doing anything like anybody else yeah and it was a really fun show to watch too it was just like it was all over the place and he had a megaphone and it was just kind of like like holy shit like you can like do whatever you want
0: and were you friends with those
1: dude like did you play shows with them yeah, that first show that we played was with them. Hmm. Pete had a connection to the one guys, like younger brother that was in the band, so they were always kind of like the big brother band that everybody yeah. was like uh, and they were like, Well oh. back then it seemed like like they're doing it so big, like right, like right, It seemed like a big production, but in reality they were probably like maybe rarely playing outside of Kingston even." Right, right. They were the big fish in the pond
0: to yeah, us. Totally. I mean, how did it Evolve as she started to do more shows.
1: I guess we just kind of gradually like developed our own little like sound as we like started screwing around with more rap stuff. Like it started just getting like largely influenced by weed, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. and and it was all pretty like zany shit. And it was just kind of like it was basically like get high and come up with some crazy idea and then like write raps about it and and build something around that. And then we kind of got like the, the lineup changed a bit here and there. Like it was like, we kind of evolved through all different mediums of like performing. Like it started with the band and then it went to the drum machine. And that was like, we did that live. It was like, it only had two spots on the two slots where you could program a beat. And you couldn't save anything on the drum machine. What? So like it was this is an old school yeah. drum machine. So and there's all the preset beats. So what we do is like a lot of the time start a song, it would be like you start like the metronome and Pete would like bang out the like <laughs> the eight bar loop and then like run over and hit the fill button for like a fill or a break. <laughs> or like hit the roll button and just like roll the kick drum. <laughs> And, yeah, so th- we would pre-program our two beats that we could fit on our two slots, so we knew those were, like, good to go. Yeah. And then he just, like, remembered the patterns for, like, the other ones, like, the seven other songs would just be, like, programmed <laughs> at the start. And <laughs> That's insane. Eight, eight bar loops. And it was, like, it was a pretty haggard drum. Like, the buttons would stick and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so we had that for a minute. And then we from there we had a phase where we were rocking straight cassette tape beats Mm. because we got we're like what if we like take each beat for each song and just record it for like 20 minutes on one side of a tape and then so we had like we probably had like eight cassettes for a set and each side was just like one beat on a beat for like 10 minutes and then you can just hit pause for like the big ending. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because a lot of the songs didn't really have, even have structure per se. It was just yeah. like, we just like go until we're done. <laughs> right. And for, yeah, from there it was like cassettes to. We like. I guess we might even like skip CDs. We went straight to mini disc. Mm. Had the mini disc player.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like, bef- like before mini disc, it. It was, like, really hard to burn a cd Yeah. I remember, like, having to go to a studio to burn, burn a cd
1: Yeah, I remember it being, like... The first thing that we had was, like, a song that we recorded somewhere. And we wanted to, like, get it on CD. And it was, like, you had to go out and buy, like, a $7 dollars CDR, And, like, right. we had to drive, like... Like, in our case, it was, like, 40 minutes to, like, Buddy's house. <laughs> right, right. And get it burned on like one disc and then we took turns like being like the guy that's holding the disc <laughs> right, right. yeah we did yeah from mini discs to like i think we happened after that big long the mini disc phase was pretty long and we did all our recording to mini discs and there's still like there's got to be like 20 45 minute mini discs of early slaves of Spanky yeah. stuff somewhere like, we recorded a lot of really weird shit I think after that, we it came back around and we were like back into the fan mode. Mm. And are
0: you like gaining fans all this time? You feel like,
1: yeah, we were like, I mean, not and this is sort of as like years have gone by kind of thing, but it was, I guess we did like get a name for ourselves at the time because there weren't any other like everybody else was kind of like rock and punk and metal, yeah. So, and all the like the standard show would be like. Like at like a hall somewhere like right like right. a high school every once in a while like a high school battle of the band so the stuff we were doing was always like really really <laughs> different and kind of off base mm. and, um like we go we always like get into like wearing stupid shit and like bringing crazy props and yeah um, and I think as we like, when we got to the point of like being in high school later in high school doing it, I remember being super psyched at one point when we like, we had played like a bunch of high school coffee houses and then a buddy of mine was like, yeah, we want to get you to like the LC coffee house round two, like this year. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And he like called me back and he's like, actually you guys like aren't allowed to play at our school anymore. Like because we like swore at the last one, and we mm. we're talking about this weed a lot. And I remember like calling Pete and being like, "Dude, we're like a notorious rap group right now. Like <laughs> we're like banned from high schools." <laughs> that was it was a proud moment. Were you like
0: opening for national groups, or were they not even like coming through? They weren't even
1: really coming through. Mm. Like it's later on. Even later than high school, it was like, as we were doing it more often, we would be psyched to open for, like, like a bigger band from Toronto kind of thing. Yeah, but
0: yeah.
1: like, that would be the extent of it. Yeah. There was, like, a couple of bands at the time that we were trying to get these opening spots with, and you we are really psyched, so stoked to get, get on the bill with them.
0: Yeah. I guess it was, like, the album you guys put out, that was in, like, was that, like, 90... 90- seven or something like that
1: 99 the CD okay yeah won. and we had an album on, album on cassette before that that was 96 or 97. Oh, okay um that was crazy too because we like hand spooled the cassettes to save money like we bought like we'd save money if we bought half as many blank tapes as we needed and then we fast forwarded them all to the middle of the tape they were like 90 minute tapes and then took the cassette apart and cut the spool. And then we took the, the blank tape from the other half and, like, put it in cases from, like, our old other tapes. <laughs> which is, like, totally not practical. I mean, we could have just taped over, like, other tapes. Yeah. Looking back, that would have been the look. But, but it was tight to me because, like, if you bought a copy of, like, it was called Homegrown Heavy Hop. That's good. If you bought a copy of it. You'd either get like the Max L with the sticker or you would get like like Guns N' Roses Usually Illusion <laughs> One with the sticker on it and like Kleenex stuffed in the the head things. <laughs> Insane.
0: I wanna ask how the album was received, but I feel like it was probably only received among these
1: super fans at shows, kinda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't released to much fanfare. Although it did like the the self-titled one from '99 that was on CD. It was like I found out after the fact, like it did kind of make its way around locally. Even aside from spots where we were playing shows, like right, like years later, meeting people like uh, like Fuzzy who plays drums and slays us banking now. Yeah, like I met him, you know, years after the album came out, and he was like, "Oh shit!" Like we had that CD in the kitchen when we worked at this spot, and it was like. The jam, everybody loved that shit. Yeah. It got me psyched to know that, like, because even in the small community, these are, like, dudes that I was looking up to. They were in bands that were, like, touring and stuff like that. Yeah. And do you guys start playing, like,
0: out of town more as the years go on?
1: Yeah, we definitely did start, like, trying to get these out of town gigs. Yeah. Like, I guess now we're into the, like, early 2000s. Uh, I guess it's right around when we started doing more regular, like a live band setup. Yeah. Although for a while, like the live band was just like it was just bass and drums for the hmm. most part. Um. But yeah, we would we would be trying. We'd play Toronto and Montreal when we could. Yeah. That was about the extent of it. We guess we did like a few cities within four or five hours of here.
0: You, by the way, you're also one of the only dudes I know that didn't go to college that it wasn't like an
1: insane drama
0: with your like, family that you didn't go
1: Yeah, no. it are like, like, can't see it? Yeah, they were like, do what you got to do. Like, do your thing. I actually took a half a year off in the middle of high school to, like, focus on my music career. That's <laughs> <laughs> some Canadian shit. <laughs> it basically just meant, like, smoke more weed during daytime (laughs) hours. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I I took a semester off and it was like I wanted to like hustle the band and like, you know, get the website together, get the game tight. And did this like crazy mushroom trip one night. This is like early fall. I was bugging out, all that stuff. And I like came back. I was at my parents' house too and came back up after like staying up all night, like tripping balls. And like, mom, dad, I think I'm going to go back to school. Like, can I borrow the car? Like, sure. And I like rolled up and like enrolled back in high school.
0: On these mushrooms?
1: Oh, you came down. Yeah, I was like so sobered up. Sobered up. Hadn't slept much. But yeah, yeah, like you were saying, after high school, there there was no big deal about me not doing this post secondary. And were you
0: like, singularly like focus on this band after school or like how was it going down
1: i guess so. i was like more into it it always was, was like a thing like i was like i want to get this going like yeah make this happen but i was working um whenever i could with my old man uh, he's a carpenter so i was like doing like these paint jobs and things like that so i kind of just like jumped out of high school and instantly became self-employed mm. and it's like remain that way since yeah yeah which has been really tight but but yeah it was like doing that and that was always the appeal of being self-employed was it was always like i can just like not work whenever i want to and like go to toronto for a show yeah or go wherever
0: i guess like we first met in like oh four yeah am i right that i feel like you guys did a tour like right after that
1: or like a big tour yeah, I mean, big, big for us. Yeah, and like big geographically. We didn't do it; time it was like six shows or something. But we went. Oh, okay. But we went out to the East Coast. Yeah. Back. I think we did it like consecutive years, kind of the same same route. Oh, okay. Um, and that was awesome because it was like that had been like something that I wanted to do since I was since I would gotten into music. That was yeah. always the appeal of it to me. was like being a touring musician. Yeah. Traveling and then actually like the like hanging out with you guys in '04, that like couple days where we were hanging out in Kingston and going to these shows and like getting to hang with like with Grunge and and Jackson, yeah. Like Grand Buffet was like a huge like influence on us musically, I think, and just like the fact that they were like out there killing it all the time, yeah, touring their asses off. That like hangout that we all had was kind of like a real like motivational moment for me where I was oh, nice. like, like, holy shit. Like these guys are out like doing it. Like just booking shows and touring and seeing like you guys doing your thing, like just with these beats. Cause it was, <clears throat> even though we had a different, like it was like an ever changing lineup that like, we would go from like just rocking mini disc and then we'd have dudes playing in the band and all this stuff. But that was like a, Seeing you guys play, it was like you can really just do it like that. Like, oh you just, yeah! You just like we had done it like a bunch before, but I guess it never seemed like it was like we were just doing it because it was whatever. But then it's like, oh, yeah, like other people do it like this too. Yeah, because we never like even though we were into rap and hip hop and stuff, there was basically like zero places to see it live. Like, mm. like I don't. I can't think of what the first even, like, real rap show I would have seen would have yeah. been. Yeah. So it was, like, to see you guys just doing your thing. Like, cool. Totally feasible. Yeah. Shortly after that, the, so you
0: did those tours and also the Gas Money, John came out.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I got a pretty shit memory. I Like, mm. I forget about like I was like oh yeah gas money like, <laughs> there was like another album yeah that was 05 um that was the first time i think in ever that we had had like a consistent lineup of people in the band for like more than a year there's a couple years where it was just like every time we played it was different dudes and yeah then we had that lineup that's on gas money it was like mostly the, still the lineup that we have now with one swap out mm. um and yeah, I guess we started, I guess that was kind of like the peak of our touring was like 05 to like 08, maybe, mm. where we were kind of doing all these weekend shows whenever we yeah. could.
0: And I know you, you've had, which we'll, we can talk about later, but you had a rough East Coast experience recently, but like, like what was like the draw out there at the time? Um. Or was it just we had to
1: go either east or west, so fuck it. Yeah, it was just like the lesser of two evils kinda. Of, <laughs> yeah. Like, like touring in Canada is pretty fucked up. Yeah, like one, there's just like not that many places <laughs> for yeah. people, like not just cities but even towns. There's just like not that many places to play. Um But also everything's just like so fucking far apart, like that it's the the ability to do like a show and then drive for like three, four hours is like few zones, concentrated areas where you can do it. But then a lot of it just involves like the mega drives and stuff. So yeah, but yeah, that was the reason the East coast seemed, and I think we had had some, we made some connections with a couple of friends of friends that had bands out there. So it was kind of the easy move to do a little run out there. Yeah, We had a guy, a friend of ours from town that booked the tour it was like kind of acting as our manager at the time. Like, like Chris, no disrespect if you're listening to us this, but like, it was real fucked up. Mm. Like it was like, it was basically like the least efficient way to do like five shows on the East Coast. Mm. Like, we drove from Kingston to the first show was in Halifax. Woo. We drove out and then it was like, drive back towards Kingston like five hours for the show. <laughs> and then, I like, six hours back towards Halifax. Yeah. And then back again, and then back further than Halifax, and then drive all the way home. <laughs> wow. So it was, like, pretty fucked up.
2: Mm.
0: Also around that time, you started to just, like, put up online these, these early Be Rich tracks.
1: Yeah, that's right. That would have been around that time. I think I had, like, the MySpace page going. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember when I started to, like, work on those and record them. But, yeah, it was, like, the MySpace page had, like, the first gym land version. Yeah. Which I feel like was the, like, the like foot in the door or something for me getting down with the Shark Tank. Yeah. That, totally. I think. Is that how it went down? Yeah, I feel like Grunge was, like, real psyched. That's
0: why I played in this Gymland, And then he said that... He felt like you were like the Bachman-Turner overdrive of Wrath. And then I told you that, and you took it as a diss. That's right, yeah. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Not realizing that the boy is super psyched on his BTO. Yeah. It, should have been taken as a compliment.
0: What, what were your experiences like starting, uh, starting to work on that project?
1: On the Shark Tank? Yeah,
0: stuff. just, or how do you remember it?
1: It was, like, it was actually, like, kind of, like, really nerve-wracking for me at first. Because it was, like, aside from, like, doing a little bit of, like, those couple tracks I did solo, I'd never, like, yeah. performed them solo. And I'd always had, like, kind of been, like, working within, like, the safety net of, like, the small town and the same band and the same same shit for, like, a long time. i I was definitely like super amped on it on the idea of doing it but it was also like also because of like being like a pretty hardcore gb fan for like a long time it was kind of like like i think i remember remember, like describing it to like buddies up here that were asking what was up when i said i was like going down to to record with you guys and like it's kind of like 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 the small town, like hockey dude getting like called up to like <laughs> playing the bigs. Yes. <laughs> like and so it was kind of like the nerve wracking part was just like like got to step up, like <laughs> yeah, got to bring the A game. Um, but it was like recording that first album and the B was like super one of the tightest memories I have. I think. Oh but, yeah. Like, but and the thing that I was I was really psyched on when we're actually doing it and it was something that i'd never really experienced within like the the way i'd worked on music here with other people was that um watching you guys work like you guys were all very like critically honest with each other about stuff Mm. like when we're doing these mixes or like like demo in a verse for like the other three dudes like nobody would hesitate at all in being like that's whack. Can't see it. Yeah. Which is maybe, maybe it's like some Canadian shit that we're just like, well, I don't really like it, but, uh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. So I like, <laughs> I just feel like a lot of, it, it was just like a different way of working. And I think it, it, it like changed my view on like the writing and recording mm. process, like working with
0: other people. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I immediately noticed that you were very self-critical like not to like a detriment or anything, right? But you're like real quick to be like started over, like right. scrap the verse. You know, like do you feel like you were always like that or that experience like made you like that? <laughs>
1: no, I think I was always like that. Yeah, um, like I do remember recording like the first couple of things I did on my own that I recorded on myself, just being like like it taking forever because it would be like like not psyched about like one syllable or one line or one whatever going back and like punching in like two words. And yeah. Really trying to like fine tune it as you go. Then writing as well. Like I've always found, like I've seen other people can write sometimes and they'll just like bang out the verse and it's like, that's it. The verse is done. It's on a page, but I've never, I've had that happen a couple times. But for the most part, it's like, Anything that I've written that I'm like psyched about ends up being like, the, like ten pages to get the like twelve bars or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember being really psyched when we had the after the tour coming back with the like hard copies of the first yeah uh, Shark Tank and like, like playing it for people here. It was that was like one of the things I think that I've been a part of that I was like it was the first thing that I'd been a part of that I was like like, 100% psyched on the whole thing. Mm. It wasn't, it seems like everything, there's always, like, that, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done that, or we shouldn't have done this. And that was, like, just, like, I may have done it. Like, the yeah. whole thing. Like, my dad was, like, bumping it, and he was, like, like, I really like it. You know, you can hear all the words you're saying. Like, you
2: know,
1: <laughs> right, this is some good stuff. Yes. And the, like, production on it, too, was, like, it was the first, like, m- way more straight up rap stuff that right compared to other things that I'd done so like it just had a different sound to it and the it, it was like really I just really like the mixing and the mastering job on it like the whole thing got me psyched yeah i think the first the first night i came back with hard copies I actually went to the mansion like hanging out with homies there and we like we were like on some after hours shit a few of us and like Ran it through like the brand new, like crazy PA they had, and we're just like, cranking the shit out of it, and, oh, being, like, and so all the dudes were just like, "This sounds amazing,"
0: <laughs> but like, yeah, and I guess we instantly kept it moving with the next, the next Shark Tank. Yeah. I was, like, did that happen like, within a year later? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it, I guess it sort of seemed like the album just kind of like w- went completely unnoticed. <laughs> I felt <laughs> yeah, Totally. Way more than the first one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Until <laughs> yeah. this alpha rip. Oh. Fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Break down like that, that popping off kind of. Yeah, it was just like I mean, I guess it sat It was like a year or so after the album or maybe more. Um and not like there was that preliminary version of it. Somebody not this other Canadian band had found a version of it somewhere. I don't know how they found it. I I had started hearing from people and different things like, Oh, I was at like a party in Ottawa and I heard your song. I was like, huh? And things like that. And this other band posted the audio to it on YouTube and it had been up for like a couple months and, and racked up a decent amount of views. It was like 20,000 views or something somebody sent me a link to it and I was like, what the what the fuck? And, uh, decided I was like, I, like I'd always kind of wanted to do a video for it anyway. so it was like a goofy fun thing and yeah, did the video. And it's actually down in Pittsburgh for the start of recording this recent shark tank album. I had the finished version of the video and like uploaded it to YouTube and like posted it on my Facebook wall. And it like, the next day, it just, like, had, like, 20,000 hits. And then, like, 100,000 hits by the end of the first day. And, like, everybody just kind of started shitting their pants. Yeah. And continued to do so as it, like, like it was, like, a million views in a week, which we were all just kind of,
2: like, mind-blown. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of
1: just... And, and it has been the whole year or two few years almost now since it happened. But it was, like just I've been constantly watching things happen like opportunities coming up and like gigs or whatever but constantly being like all right, well this is like bound to like like stop at some point like people are just more so in the first bit like the first couple weeks where it was like oh crazy like a million views but like just assume like oh yeah it's the internet and it's like a viral video and like people like won't even know what this is like next week right like there'll be some like funny cat video that's gonna replace it and then it just didn't happen and it just like kept like a couple months down the road it was like still like gaining speed and the views and all that it was yeah it was a surprising weird time
0: the last probably the last thing you think is like oh this will like change the course of my life in some way
1: yeah you know <laughs> yeah i definitely did not think that like i mean even knowing in advance that like there had been this Audio version of the song that like people seem to really like and it yeah. was making the rounds. I still didn't like. I was kind of like, "Oh, it'd be tight if this like got like twenty thousand views too, like in a couple of years or right wh- whatever." Like that would have been like a big success, on that. right? It was just like a like earth shatteringly large experience in YouTube terms.
0: Yeah. What was the first thing? So you did I know you
1: did a show in Kingston right like yeah that's right yeah like right off the bat I think cause as soon as I got back from Pittsburgh that week like the end of the second week or something after it had come out and yeah a friend of mine put on the show in Kingston pretty, pretty last minute just thought oh yeah whatever we'll just like make a, an out for a rip party and see what happens and like it was like packed it's like sold out with like a couple hundred kids like and none of none of which i knew which is weird for Kingston. usually yeah it's, there's a busy show it's like you know 75 percent of the people there right right and in this case there was like who the fuck are these people like people like showing up with like the, like plaid shirts and they're like orange hats like the video and all this stuff um so that, that was like the first one and then i think after that was this uh, Ranch Roadhouse in Edmonton let's go with you and grunge. <laughs> I feel like that's worth explaining like <laughs> The details. Yeah, absolutely Yeah, it was like the g- random dude contacted us through I don't know if that was through booking agent people or I can't remember how it originated but it, Yeah, they contact us looking for somebody for their New Year's Eve party at this like massive country western bar in edmonton and uh like 1500 or 1400 capacity and we were like well like we're not on tour like you know i don't know how we're gonna like we all live in different cities and they were just like we'll pay for everything (laughs) like we'll pay your work visas and it was like on point hospitality and all that stuff and then like you guys drove up from Pittsburgh to Toronto, flew to Edmonton, and after all this, we get there and find out that they just want us to do this out for a rip. Like, kind of just as like a... Like, right before midnight, we're going to scoot you guys onto the stage and do the song, but then like, get the fuck out of there, quick. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> like, right.
1: We don't really want you around for anything else other than that, <laughs> right. Which is what's up, I guess. But, I mean, it was it was a pretty surreal experience i almost
0: felt like scared like how much attention was on you and by association me like just like
1: all these people like on some like there he is right <laughs> it's freaking buddy <laughs> yeah that was pretty weird like that was i mean even like having been a performer for more than half of my life now, I guess it's like used to people like looking at you when you're like doing your thing. Yeah. But it's a whole different thing when they like know who you are beforehand. Yeah. Not cause they've been like following your career for like, forever. It's just like, it's friggin' buddy from the internet. Like he's right here. And like it's instantly, it was like, I became like that dude. Yeah. It was,
0: it was an amazing feeling. Actually. I thought like, Doing this one song, and it's like the beat starts, and like half the crowd is like, Oh my god, it's it's the song! <laughs> yeah. and then like you start the, the rhyme, and the other half is like, Oh shit, it's dude, <laughs> yeah, t- totally
1: instantly a thing, yeah. And it's crazy, it really turned into a thing.
0: The next, it was the next thing that went down the out for a rip tour
1: that we did yeah 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 i don't think i did anything any other i might have done like one off off show but yeah then after that it was yumi and donnie going west and like and that was weird too because it had been like a bit more time like another month or month and a half in which time the like video had gained more like traction and was becoming more of a thing and like that was at the point where it was like like me and Donnie were getting like we got recognized in the airport in right, Toronto. Right, right. And then like the same thing in Edmonton when we landed. Those yeah. dudes were like, uh, excuse me, are you friggin' buddy? Like, right. <laughs> um and same thing at the shows too. Like it became like it was a big realization that like YouTube is just like the new TV now. Like it's yeah. like, I can't believe he's like actually right here. I'm just, right. I'm just like the dude. Leading up to that tour,
0: I feel like there was a fair amount of like turmoil. With like, what are we gonna do? Like, like, are we gonna try to make this like Shark Tanks
1: move, or is it like its own thing? Or wh- right, you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that that period was a little. It got a little weird for a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I just had this feeling like that. Seeing how it had been received, and kind of knowing that. I mean we could it could have been approached from either angle but i feel like i think that was verified by like a lot of the touring i've done since in that like like it being like on the shark tank album and like trying to go and do like the shark tank show with the out for a rip like stamp on it would have been kind of weird like like i've been like playing a lot of the touring i've done like there's been very few just like actual rap shows or even like shows with bands. It's right. been like these weird like mini versions of the Ranch Roadhouse. Like, it's right. you can like, like, Grinrod Pub stand up. That's good. But yeah, kind of like, even though I'm still like performing like rap stuff, it's kind of morphed mm-hmm. into like kind of having to like give people the like out for a rip shtick a little yeah. bit and like create a show based around that. I feel like it, yeah.
0: In I York, guess, were, oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. I guess that was kind of the thing that caused some turmoil was like, how are we going to play this and how are we going to like, get field it? Is it going to be a group thing? or? And I think the other part of it was just like the feasibility of like the international group status. Right. At the time, there was like right. these work visas and all that stuff. It has kind of turned into a thing where it's like, like we were talking about earlier today, but like about like being like a comedy show or like a rap show. Right. It's like, I'm still doing rap tunes, but I do do a lot of like, tomfoolery kind of shit. Yeah. Joking around with people. And like, I'm not like, even I think it's kind of hokey. (laughs) Like, like some of the stuff I do, but it's, it's hokey because like, that's what I like. And like, that's how it comes naturally is to like, be kind of a bozo. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like, how we've been like putting down the Shark Tank thing like the Shark Tank thing has always been like like it, it's goofy in some ways like in our ways but as far as the live show goes and the the overall thing it's like more of a like a rap thing you yeah.
0: know what I mean? yeah definitely one thing I think is so interesting like on this out for a rip tour that I went on it's like I feel like we saw a side of Canada that Almost no one would get to see, really. Like, like like, in the, like touring, you I mean? like? Yeah, like, like, unless you were just like on this, like, biker tour or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. Like, you know, like, we played in, like, Grinrod, BC and.
1: Redcliffe, Alberta.
0: Yeah. Like, I think that was a really
1: super unique experience yeah i mean i I think it's it's probably like definitely it's a way more unique experience for like for any an american Mm. faced with the same thing i feel like and this is something i didn't even realize this now until i since i've done it a couple times because i haven't really toured in canada much aside from the east coast runs back in the day but I feel like most Canadian bands could probably relate to like this the vibe of that tour. Oh, know? really? Like, yeah, like yeah. playing like because because there's nowhere so few so many fewer places to play that like you inevitably just end up with like small town roadhouse gigs, like,
0: right? Right.
1: And and the experiences that come along with it. I think I think a lot of Canadian if if a Canadian band has like toured seriously, they probably I would think they probably ended up in those spots. Yeah. Unless they're like a metal band maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Even still. Yeah. I used to be <laughs> playing these house shows and Yeah.
0: How many more
1: tours did you do after that? Um, uh, <clears throat> I did one one big one, I guess, like like a six week summer tour. Oh yeah. After that by myself where I went drove out West and drove back and did 30 shows or something, and then all like self booked, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I yeah, did that one, came home, did uh, three more weeks to the east coast and back after that. I was kind of basically part of the same tour.
0: And, and then, oh, and and you were like on this like one man, like sleeping in the van, Steve,
1: yeah, yeah, not the whole time. I mean, the like the west coast. Stuff is always for some reason, those everything we've done out there has been like the hospitality is usually good, and the bar is just like, yeah. here's the hotel, like right. up But, but yeah, the east coast, it was more like the crashing on couches, sleeping in the van, stees. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just the east coast one was not as tight as the west, I think, maybe just because not quite the same population density, and just like. I would have thought, I guess I went into it thinking that, like, oh yeah, this, like, out for a rip shit, will be, like, huge on the East Coast with all the buys. But, uh, it might have just been the circumstances of that, too, where it didn't, yeah, didn't go down very big.
0: Do you think it's possible that that's more Donnie Dunphy territory? For like, <laughs> like, they already have a guy like
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. We don't need another one of those freaking guys around here. <laughs> I, I guess one thing we've built a lot about is like
0: you making this album and it's
1: like, where, where are you at with that right now? Right now I'm like on, on hiatus, I guess you would say I came back from all that touring, you know, it was kind of like six months of touring pretty steadily. It's a little run like the summer and then fall, a couple little shorter runs went back out just to, before Christmas for a month, came back and I was like, I had it in my head that, like, was like, yeah, I'm gonna come back, like, got a few new songs I've been working on, like, come back, take like a month, like, write some new material, like, finish this stuff and, like, get the album together, and then just, like, hit, like, the mega writer's block, like, zero morale, mm. like, kind of coupled with winter. So, you, I mean, you know me, you yeah. know I'm not on this winter tip. Yeah. I think I just like kind of like talked myself out of doing anything with music for some reason. Like, it's mm. just, like I was like, it wasn't that I, like I loved the touring part, so I wasn't burnt out on it. But I think I was just like just couldn't get in the zone to write and record. Yeah, which I'm sure any any musician can probably relate to. I mean, I, I remember hearing your your episode with Jen Wozner on here. Yeah, And she really broke it down in a, in a really tight manner. But anyway, yeah, so I, like, it's basically just got to a point and I realized that, like, I was, like, really stressing myself out with not being able to, like, produce anything. And so I was just kind of like, maybe the best look is to just put it on the shelf, like, go back to work, work a yeah. day job. Kind of like, because that's always how I've been, that's always how I've come up with everything before and years past is like while I'm at work or like while I'm doing my thing. And I think based with all the time in the world to create stuff, it becomes a whole other animal.
0: Yeah. Like it, it would be tight to be like at this point or like six months from now or something be like, oh, that dude actually has a really fire album. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like I feel like you're. Awesome rapper, like awesome songwriter all around, and like, but not many people know except that except people that have fucked with this Shark Tank or this SOS or right. whatever. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean the re- like the response has been great touring, and I like I really enjoy the the one man show stuff. And yeah, like doing the like the tracks that I do have. Um, people have like. A lot of, like, even hip-hop heads that have made it out to the shows have been, like, like, fuck that out for a rip shit. Like, your other stuff is legit. Like, yeah. Which is tight. It's a huge compliment. But I think, yes, yeah, it is, like, a weird, like, just got to be, like, in the right headspace for me to be able to, like, make it happen kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I have been getting, like, little, like, twinges lately in the last, like, even couple weeks of, like, oh, maybe I should, like, get back on this or, like, Randomly listening to, like, rough demos I'd worked on and stuff and getting amped on it again. But, yeah, it's, uh, it would be tight to do. Yeah. And I think
0: at some point, I feel like you should do something, like, come down to Baltimore or Pittsburgh or something and have some, like, uh, like get out of your own head, like like once you have more ideas or a direction or something like have some kind of like deadlines or like other people involved or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I found that's definitely one thing that's like big part of it is like, and maybe even goes back to like what you were talking about it, about recording the shark tank stuff about being like super self-critical mm. in that like, and I think maybe Jen touched on that when she was talking about it, just that whole thing of just like, this is garbage. Fuck this. Like I just like
0: run into that constantly about yeah. stuff. Well, you, I think you're in an interesting situation of, unlike many, many, many people, when they do their first like solo album, like you know, there's going to be people listening to it, right? Even if you, even if you just put put it up to be streamed on like your YouTube channel, a lot of people would hear
1: it, like, right? You know. Right. Yeah, it is kind of funny, too, with the, like, in that respect. And I think there is that element of it, but there also isn't, like, in, in a lot of ways, It like, having the, like, viral video thing going on. There's, like, it is, it's, like, a bit of a leg up in, like, dropping an album. Like, that's attached to it, but it's not much of a leg up, because it's, like, like, a lot of the people that are, like, fucking without for a Rip are just, like, just that there are people that are fucking without for a rip you know yeah. what i mean in that and it's not like like if there's like seven million views on youtube It's not like i have like seven million twitter followers as well right like, right so it's kind of like anything that comes next is kind of still like you can throw it that way but not everybody's gonna even be checking for it yeah they're just like out for it was just like the song that they like YouTube when they're drunk with their buddies or something. Right, right. But it's not to say that it isn't like like that there isn't positive elements to it.
0: Right. Do you feel like you want to prove people wrong that might see
1: you as just that or you you don't really care? I kind of don't really give a shit. (laughs) Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm kind of like if people just see me as that, that's like that's what's up. If they're like long as it like entertain some people in the process but i'm not yeah it's not like i'm i feel the need to be like but i'm a tight mc like check me out like if Mm. if i was putting out an album it would mostly be like so i could be like i finally fucking did it like i made an album that like i'm psyched about right right but yeah i don't think it would be about like i don't know any sort of like Redemption or anything like that, like, get past the viral video. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean redemption, but just, like, just making it
0: known that that's not the only thing that's going on or or something like that. Right. Yeah, I don't know where I land on that. Well, it sounds like you you don't care. Yeah. Which I've never really considered before in us building about, like, like what you would do next or something.
1: Did Did you just, like, assume that I would be like, that was part of the with like yeah i guess maybe it's from like
0: looking at it from what it would be like if it was me right or something and not just looking at it from another perspective
1: right awesome man well thanks man thanks for hanging out in my basement
0: all right thanks again to be rich for doing this we'll see you next week